This is Just Football. Welcome to episode five. My name's Dave, the host this week, and I'm joined by Dan and Dan. Date is the 22nd of May, 2023, just to give you some context. So this week, we've had a lot of news. Well, I say this week, this week and last week, we've had a lot of news, a lot of changes, a lot of big shock results as well, uh, a lot of exciting uh, news and some actually really unsavory news items to cover off as well. So this week, Dan's, first of all, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm not sure how I feel about being called referred to as a group of Dan's. Like I, I might see how I get on. Embrace it, Dan. Embrace it. Embrace it. <laughs> Embrace it. It's very much like animals. We we sort of need to give you that sort of grouping. Yeah. Okay. So crows is a murder. Yeah. Going to come up with something else. It just, it just took me by surprise. But uh, <laughs> let's let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So moving on swiftly then. The first topic I wanted to discuss was uh, Brentford striker Ivan Tony. He's been banned for eight months with immediate effect for uh, contravening 232 betting rules. Um, Basically, the FA have said Ivan Tony has been suspended from all football and football-related activity with immediate effect for eight months, which runs up runs up to and including the 16th of January 2024. He's been fined £50,000 and warned to his uh, as to his future conduct for breaches of the FA's betting rules. Now for this, I think there's an awful lot to unpack. There's obviously a lot of things we don't know. So we, we don't know what, uh, what the bets were for. I understand that's going to be released in the future. So can I get both your thoughts, initial thoughts on this? Yeah, my, my initial thought, and obviously, we, as you said, we don't really know the extent of what he's done. Uh, we can all make assumptions of of what's happened. But I just find it so weird. It's taken so long to get to that decision. And and then kind of two weeks before the end of the season, suddenly announced. I just think the timing is a, is really weird. And, you know, you know, that could potentially impact... I don't, can't, don't know who Brentford are playing. Actually, they played Tottenham, didn't they? But I don't know who else Brentford have got. But that could have had a real impact on like the title race or relegation battle if suddenly you're playing Brentford and their star striker's not there. So I just find the whole timing of it a little bit weird. And Did, why, why does yeah. it take so long? You know, he's had 232 breaches. Well, we've seen it with financial fair play stuff, right? It, this thing just takes an age to yeah. get to the, to the end result. Um, this has been going on all season. I, I, I think um, I did an episode on, <laughs> on on my other pod about gambling a few months back or a couple of months back, and we kind of referenced this. And I think this has been known at the start of the season because I was thinking he won't get picked for England now, surely under all this, yeah. especially with Southgate as manager. But he was, and and so yeah, it's just it's just dragged on and on. And I actually I'd actually forgotten about it until this was this was announced last week. Yeah. This I find it really weird as well because, like, you know, we all work in the office world and we know that if you're pending an investigation, you're suspended straight away. And then the yep. investigation is minimised to a point where a result is declared. This feels like it's the other way around. It's like, we're going to let you play in for as long as possible and then maybe in a year's time we'll announce that you're suspended. It's just... Yeah. It's just... Well, I, I find it a bit backwards. I've, I've got two things 
if I can say it right, my thoughts on this. One is, and I've I've had a look at some other players who've been banned for betting things. It's just the um, what's the word? The random nature it feels like of the punishment for a similar thing. And secondly, okay, if rules have been broken, a player should be punished. Absolutely. But we've seen other worse um, offences happening on the pitch that haven't had nearly as much of an impact. So was it Suarez about, was it the race? Was it, I don't want to accuse him. Was it Suarez a racist incident with him with Liverpool? No, not sorry, not Liverpool. Yeah, it, it was night. Liverpool. Yeah. It was was it Liverpool? Yeah, and I think didn't he get like was it eight games or four games something like that? So with Suarez there, there are two. So he got an eighteen match ban in total. That's what he's received. But I think there were two separate bans. Okay, okay. He received a ten match ban for biting uh, Ivanovic, and then he received an eight match ban for racial abuse against Patrice Ever yeah. Evra. Sorry. Yes, yeah, so you've got on pitch racial abuse picked up by everyone is eight match ban and then you've got this and I, and I, I can appreciate it's however how many did you say 236 offenses yeah 232 yeah so it's not like it's one or one or two yeah but it's, it's yeah it's just to me that's the, the thing the inconsistency that's the word I was looking for of applying a punishment for similar puni- um, offenses and then the how does the punishment stack up against other offenses that we've seen in the game okay well let me um so I'm going to circle back to something. So Dan, as you mentioned, well, in some cases, players should be suspended straight away upon investigation. Well, recently in the MLS, Max Alves, that has happened. He's under suspicion of match fixing, or match fixing even, uh, with links and ties to uh, people in Brazil. Now, he allegedly um, got deliberately booked, received a yellow card at a certain time in the match. Um, and that was in relation to spot fixing. He has been suspended by the MLS. In, until while they investigate, while they investigate, yeah. See, I think that's the right course of action, and just make the investigation shorter. Well, what if he's innocent? I guess well, <laughs> that's the same of same of life, though, isn't it? It's uh... yeah, but football is such a and and this this will get me on on a rant. It's such <laughs> a unique scenario in life where. And we won't go into it in this episode, but we've seen a lot of a lot more wor- or, or a lot worse criminal activities levied at players. But because it's football, and if they're a good player, fans will just let them straight back in in their team. Doesn't matter what the offence is. It's football. It doesn't it doesn't matter. It's not real. Uh, and that's what annoys me about football. Yeah, but do you not think that with this two hundred and thirty two breaches of the rules? It feels fairly black and white. Like it feels like they could have got to the bottom of that quite quickly, whether the suspension is valid or not. Because you said, you, know, you made a point of what happens if he's innocent. But it feels like they would have got to the bottom of him not being innocent within a matter of days. It, it just, to let him yeah. play a whole season, and I don't know when this started, but it feels like quite a while ago, to let him play a whole season. And he could have potentially have gone to the World Cup hmm. um, and represented England. Why, why he's... You know, they they knew they must have known he was guilty of this before the World Cup happened. It's just so, yeah. So the charges I think were drawn up before Christmas. So certainly yeah. before the, and I think possibly around the World Cup, which is why Tony probably wasn't selected. But it was interesting that he was selected after. Yeah, 
But I do feel yeah. it does impact the integrity of the league as well. Yeah, I'm just going to say it's football. Football allows it. Yeah. So, I'm going to give some. I'm going to give some other examples. So, Kieran Trippier was suspended uh, for ten weeks and fined seventy thousand uh, pounds for breaching betting rules. That was in relation to his transfer to Atletico Madrid, where he told his mates, "Say, hey, I'm going to Madrid. Put some money on it." Ah. Do you not think on that one it was one? It was a one-off and it was a friend and he's got a um, 10-week ban, which is effectively, what we're saying, two and, two and a half months. I do think that. But on the flip side, I think Trippier and professional footballers at the elite level, the very top, they earn a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Do you really need to gamble that? Or just give give, uh, give his mate some money? No, no. But he, <laughs> exactly. But, that, but that's what I mean. You know, Ivan Tony. He's got eight months for 232 counts and there's one count for Trippier if it was just the one count and it was 10 weeks. You see, I mean, two and a half, two and a half months. Uh, Joey Barton was banned for 13 months for betting. So that's, that's pretty long time. There's other cases like uh, Rio Ferdinand who didn't fail his drug test but forgot to turn up. Do, yeah, forgot to turn up. So he was banned. There, another extreme case, Eric Cantona, Famous Kung Fu kick against Crystal Palace. He was banned for a long period of time as well. And then on field, uh, Roy Keane. Was he delivery breaking uh, to Alfie Harlan's leg? Have you got one? I've got one here. I wasn't sure if you were going to say it then. Of probably the biggest punishment for um, betting is is a non... Well, it's a guy called, if I say it right, Kynan Isaac. Have you Have you got that? No. So this is, um, so he's ex-Reading. I'm not sure if he, where he was at the time, it might be in Stratford, but he was given, and this was last year, a 12-year ban from football. Wow. Yeah, so it's wow. an initial 10-year ban in place for a deliberate uh, booking, which was then bet on by friends, and an extra 18 months was then added for breaching the rules for betting on matches, and then a one-year extension was included on his failure to cooperate. So I think he had quite a lot. When I looked it up, I think it was, it might have been in the 500s. Um, I'd need to have a look. But yeah, effectively, that's that's a career-ending punishment, right? It is. It definitely is. Yeah. I mean, the I suppose the other thing about the ban is as we sort of learned from last week's quiz, you can't get away from gambling in football. Yeah. It's almost a bit ironic, isn't it? Or That's going to be is. changed next year, isn't it? Well, I think the it's going to be up to the individual clubs whether they want to add or remove the sponsors. But what was interesting is so Hollywood's Bets, they sponsor Brentford. Yeah. Uh, where Do they use them? Do we know? <laughs> does he use Hollywood bets or does he use other other gambling companies? <laughs> That's a great question. Indeed, where Ivan Tony Brentford has spent a lot of time was in the championship. Championship spent sponsored by gambling company. Uh, you, just, you just can't get away with it. Whether it's on TV, the radio, and a talk sport has a lot of gambling related adverts or what are the latest odds sort of thing. Thing is, it's so so easy to gamble, isn't it? Like I was doing that soccer sixes where you predict six football games and you put your scores in, and as you're doing it, it goes. Oh, by the way, if you want to put a bet on it, you could win this much. Click on this button yep. here, and it just it's just in your face, and you're like, oh, that's a big amount of money. Let's 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 do it. Yeah. So I just want to get get it right about the one I said, just uh, just to make sure it was it was um, 
so it was one instance of getting deliberately booked and the other one here was enabling for placing or enabling 347 bets on matches over a five-year period um, oh. so that's what that was but we've also got one there was a, a player i think he you may have been at city for a year um one is over argentine martin de michaelis looks oh, yeah. like he had um over a three-week period he'd placed a total of 29 bets um, but they were, it was revealed that all bets were on ones that had no overriding influence. But he just got ultimately a warning, no ban and £22,000 fine. So I guess that I know there are levels, but that's what I, I think I was saying about the inconsistency of applying punishments. Football as a whole has got that problem, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess until the charges and the bets have been revealed, we're not going to know if the ban has been just. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I suppose, as we mentioned, media bettings everywhere, and it's also is celebrities that are advertising it, so it is it kind of preys on people as well. Yeah. Uh, the the other thing I suppose is there enough education and support for players? No idea. Good because, question. Well, Good question. Well, we're not on the inside track in in terms of yeah. football, but it's, it's pretty. This has always been question. a problem, hasn't it? There's always been rumours about like the England players having bets and stuff like that. There's always been this in and around, I think, the sport. Yeah, I think so. And then they also have, allegedly have a lot more downtime than us regular folk. So if they're not training, what are they doing? Do they have media duties, sponsorship? But other than that, what do they do? Because you're only training a few hours a day. Yeah, and, and it must be difficult. Okay, betting can become... Obviously, it can become addictive. It's it can be quite destructive, but there's a lot of people up and down the country that do enjoy just having a bet on yeah, on the football. Absolutely. And these people are ultimately people like us. And you're saying right because of your profession, you can't do this, which they may have enjoyed before they got into the game potentially, or well, they they've been in it since they were a kid, but. If they, you know, any other walk of life, they'd probably just be having a harmless bet every couple of games. Do we think it's hypocrisy though? So the FA or whoever sets the rule is saying, you as a footballer cannot bet, but we're happy for all the clubs and media to accept uh, advertisement from those betting companies. Yeah, definitely is. But that's what is hypocrisy, isn't it? But I think it is changing, isn't it? I think like you mentioned... I've got a different view of it. I don't think it's hypocrisy because ultimately they are preying, for want of a better word, on the punter, the, the public. I think, and if betting firms at the moment are the ones that are pumping the money in, the FA would be silly to say no, or the football teams. I think you can you can have something that you're telling the players not to do because it's ultimately the consumer of the product is the, the person at home or the fans, and I think that's who they're technically aiming. It's it's a very it's a get out. It's a workaround. It's a mm. caveat. But <laughs> I I I don't think initially I'd be willing to say the FA have done done the wrong thing there. But now you're getting high profile cases. I think they have to do it to be seen to be clean. It makes you wonder about how many players are doing it where we don't where we don't get found out, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah. we never yeah. Ivan Tony because he's been discovered. But you could find a lot of players who had it. And, you know, I could imagine, and this is probably where it gets addictive and then it gets too big, 
is they probably start off little with little things um, and then it kind of progresses and, you know, snowballs until it's something big and, you know, and Ivan Tony's been discovered for it. I, just, I bet there's a lot more of it out there than we, we realise. I think there has to be. Yeah. And I think if you are struggling with gambling or feel like you've got a problem, please check out begamblerware.org. Uh, they are there to help you and support. Now, moving on, we're going to go into something pretty just as unsavoury, if not more. So over the weekend, well, not over the weekend, but last week, Indonesia played Thailand in the Southeast Asia uh, Cup final. Indonesia, Indonesia went on to win 5-2. But during that match, this is why I'm mentioning it, there were two fights, four red cards, and one goal from a player called Beckham. Yeah. Uh, but his name was Beckham uh, Putra. But I think if we look at that just on, on in isolation, that wasn't the only incident that's sort of cropped up where we've experienced and seen really poor behaviour from both players and fans. So, Dan P, did you want to take a minute to mention what you sort of yeah, seen and so experienced? I, I hadn't, the story you mentioned, I hadn't actually known about it until you kind of mentioned it in, in the prep. Um that was shocking. But yeah, the three that have come to mind, and it's just bizarre that it's all in the same week, is the, the one that's freshest was yesterday. So that's Vinicius Jr. in Spain. So the racial abuse he got. We've got the West Ham v, is it AZ Alkmaar in the in Europe this week? Yep. And it, it, actually, have you seen the footage of that? It's astonishing. The fans trying to get into the, the West Ham side and there's that one guy. It's almost something, you know, I don't want to make light, but it's almost something like out of Lord of the Rings, isn't it? Where he's he's holding off, the, you know, these these the, the, the opposing fans getting into the family um, zone. And then the other one, oh, yeah, the we mentioned about the playoffs and Sheffield Wednesday coming back from a 4-0 defeat to, to get through. But the week before, after their 4-0 defeat, their manager was getting a lot of, I, I believe, racist abuse online uh, and, was, and abuse yeah. in general. Yeah, in general, sorry. And so, again, it's just these three things all in the same week. Um, and, you know, all ironically sort of in different countries, you've got, you know, you've got it uh, you've got it here, you've got it in Holland, you've got it in Spain, and these are just the ones that have hit the headlines, right? Yeah, it is truly awful. And then the other thing I was going to bring up on the back of that kind of is I'm going to hear some Tottenham fans sighing that Aaron Ramsdale signed a new contract. That's not like a massive story for this podcast. But when he was going to sign for Arsenal, he received a lot of abuse from social media. The keyboard warriors, the ones who want to hide behind pretend names, saying, don't sign for this club, you're crap, you've suffered you know, multiple relegations, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I guess we are going to do a, probably a, an episode on it probably in the summer, just to cover off these sort of themes. Um, but it's just, you just see it everywhere. Maybe social media makes it more prevalent. But it is, um, it's not great so, to see so, at all. Sorry, and just something on the, the Vinicius Junior one. Footage I saw. So there were, I think he was being, he, he was obviously being targeted, but at that point, I don't know if it was a specific fan and he was going over to the fan and having a go. Then the players all obviously grouped together. There was a bit of a scuffle and I don't know the exact details, but you could see him getting in a chokehold by one of the opposing players. Now, whether that was to pull him away, I don't know. Mm. He then hits out at the player. It goes to VAR 
All right, so this is where I know you'll you'll get interested in Dave. But VAR, the only as it goes back as far as him lashing out and then the after effect, not the him being in the chokehold bit, which was only a matter of seconds before. So if you see it, if you saw that footage, the referee I think had no option but to to send him off if it was in a normal you know in a normal match in normal heat at the moment. But yeah, why the footage didn't go back a few seconds earlier to show him being in a you know someone's arm round him by the neck. That that again adds to the whole unpleasantness, I think, of that that story. They never do go back that far. Yeah. There we are. Okay, moving on. Congratulations to Manchester City for winning the Premier League. Now we're going to go into relegation. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! No, all, all seriousness. Congratulations to Man City. Clearly the best team in the country, probably the best team in Europe. We'll find out in a couple of weeks. They feel like they're unstoppable at the moment. And I think kind of, I don't know if you've watched any of the post-match stuff, but Jack Grealish has said it a few times. He goes, we just feel unstoppable. There was a point about sort of just after the last international breaks where he says, I just don't feel like we can lose. And you watch it and they all have that confidence and just an incredible, incredible football team and it feels like we're only in second third gear doesn't it it feels like there's another gear if they played another world-class team what they would do similar to what they did to Real Madrid during the week it's just yeah yeah frightening team yeah uh being on to relegation so the relegation places well we know Southampton are going down but we're still we're left with Leicester Leeds and Everton any changes in go on Dan no, I was going to say, at time of recording, we've got Leeds playing. No, is it Leicester tonight? Yeah, Leicester Newcastle. Tonight, yeah. So are you going to say any changes in our thoughts? Yes. I, no, feel, like, I feel like Leeds lost a massive chance at the weekend. Uh, did they lose to West Ham or draw with West yeah, Ham? They lost, yeah, lost they lost 3-1. They lost to West Ham, didn't they? And I just feel like that was a massive chance gone. Um who are down at the moment? Is it Leeds and Leicester down at the moment with Everton just above them? Correct. Just just to, to highlight, so next, the, the final game, you're going to have Everton at home to Bournemouth, Leeds at home to Tottenham and Leicester at home to West Ham. I can see Leeds and Everton both winning. Um, so I, I think that Everton will be safe because I think they'll just do enough. I can't see Leicester beating Newcastle. Yeah, I, I think Leeds and Leicester will go down. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm still. I'm going to stick by my guns, and I'm going to say it would be Southampton, Leicester, and Everton. Um, but as as we said, I think I can see all three teams winning their game. They're all at they're all at home. Um, the only the only thing I'd say is you, you'd want to, and I, I'm I'm kind of sighing at Dan here. You'd you'd want to think that Tottenham <laughs> would want to try win because that's our only chance of getting into to any kind of Europe would be to win that game. Yeah, but you would have thought um, on Saturday as well. And yeah, again. I just hope I just want them to kind of show up and and have a bit of um, what's the word? Uh, just try save the season a teeny bit. But yeah, I can see all three winning. But I'm I'm still going to say Southampton, Everton, and Leicester to make it the big three go down. Okay, well let's see what happens. Uh, Dave, who, who are you predicting? Because I I think I've got Everton as being safe. Who are you other three going to be safe? I believe Everton will be safe, but Dominic Cavan Lewin got injured again yeah. over the weekend. And I think he he was the one who's really helped their sort of survival push. Yeah. But well, I'm gonna stick 
stick with Southampton, Leicester and Leeds. Yeah. And I just need to say, when I said big three, I'm not saying Leeds aren't a big side. I'm saying the big three Premier League because they Everton and Leicester have been in longer. So just just covering <laughs> myself there. Yeah. So we've looked at who's going down or who's potentially going down. Next, we're going to look at who's going up. And we're going to take a look at the playoffs. So we're going to start with League Two, go to League One, and then Championship. So covering off League uh, League Two, Leighton Orient uh, were promoted as champions. Stevenage and Northampton Town grabbed the other two automatic promotion places. In the semi-finals, uh, Salford defeated Stockport 1-0 in the opening semi-final first leg. In the, the second leg, um, Stockport pulled it back and they went on to win a penalty shootout. Uh, did they win a penalty shootout? Yeah, because they finished 2 all. then they won a penalty shootout 3-1. In the second semi-final... Uh, we saw Bradford beat Carlisle 1-0. And in the second leg, Carlisle beat Bradford 3-1. So they went through 3-2 on aggregate. So the League 2 playoff will be uh, on Sunday, May 28th, 2023. So that's going to be uh, quite a good one. In League 1, Plymouth and Ipswich, or Plymouth Argyle and Ipswich Town were promoted to the championship as they finished first and second. Plymouth went up as champions. In the semi-finals, Bolton Wanderers and Barnsley ended 1-1 in the first leg. Barnsley won 1-0 in the second leg, and that was a really tight affair. The other semi-final was probably the most remarkable Mm. sort of two-legged semi-final you'd ever witness. So Peterborough, they won the first leg 4-0 against Sheffield Wednesday. In the return leg, Sheffield Wednesday won 5-1 which meant the game went into to a penalty shootout. There, as we learned last week, there's no away goals. And Sheffield Wednesday, one spot kick, shootout 5-3. Quite an incredible game. What a turnaround. It's, it's unreal. There's probably a bit more to, to flesh that out a little bit, but I think, well, they, they were. Sheffield Wednesday were 3-0 up, approaching like the 95th, 96th minute of, of normal time. Hmm. And then they equalised in like literally the last kick of the game to take it to 4-0 and then to extra time. And then they went behind again um, in the first half of extra time and then pulled it back again. It's just, it was phenomenal. It was such a good game. But just, and as mentioned last week, they scored all six goals in that game because their goal was an own goal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So they scored scored all six goals plus their five (laughs) penalties. So it's, it's, it's incredible. I was thinking if Sheffield Wednesday had lost that penalty shootout, you would have had Sheffield Wednesday's fans walking away from the ground, really annoyed after watching their team win 5-1. Like, yeah. just, you couldn't imagine it. And then, like, who sorry, who were they playing? Kate? Oh, I Peterborough. Peterborough, sorry, Peterborough. Um, and Peterborough fans would have been walking away or celebrating after a 5-1 loss. It's just, yeah. couldn't make it up, yeah. couldn't you? It's, it's brilliant. Well, surely if you're a Peterborough fan, you think you've won it in the first leg. Yeah, yeah. Sheff, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Oh, they must have been absolutely devastated when that that fourth goal went in. Hmm. Oh, yeah, it was a. Uh, it's exactly what the playoffs is about, isn't it? And such a good game, and it was down in the you know the third tier of English football. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a brilliant yeah. advert uh, for football. It's amazing. So the uh, the League One playoff final will be on the 29th of May. So this weekend coming up. Moving on to the championship, Sunderland 
beats uh, Luton Town 2-1 on May 13th. As that, that was at a stadium of light. Luton stormed back at Kenilworth Road to advance 3-2 on aggregates. They are in the final. Coventry drew 0-0 with Middlesbrough on May 14th. And uh, Coventry won the second leg at the Riverside. So we're going to see a Luton-Coventry uh, playoff final, uh, which will be played on Saturday, May 27th. Now that's going to be a really, really exciting game. Did you know I have a slight affiliation to both those clubs? Do you? So yeah, so, so Luton Town are the local team that I used to go to a lot as a kid because uh, I grew up in the Dunstable area, which is not far away from Luton at all. And Coventry is where I went to university. So I went to a few games at Marika Arena um, to support Coventry. So I have a slight affiliation to both clubs. Fantastic. I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting fact for you. Now we do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are so... we picking winners? Is that what you're saying? Are we, do you want... Are you going to pick winners? Well, I've got preference for the championship, uh, but for the other two, yeah, go on. Then let's let's pick winners. Dan, do you want to go made, league, start league two? Yeah, I made notes as you were talking. Um, Dockport, Sheffield Wednesday for the second one, and yeah, let's get Luton in the Premier League. You could you could go Sunderland, couldn't you, and just go with another team that's gone out. <laughs> initially that's what yeah because I, I was thinking this is I was thinking it's a shame Sunderland have, have got knocked out because then I would have gone for Sunderland just to do that but no I, I think it'd be I think it'd be pretty funny because I think there's been so many memes and TikTok videos sort of de- having a little dig at Luton um, yeah. Yeah. yeah and they were they were you know sort of back in the late 80s uh, 90s they were a big side weren't they you know yeah, we forget that because there was football before the Premier League you know was so, there yeah, I didn't apparently. know that. <laughs> yeah, and and they were they were a big side. So, Dan, who, who Dennis, who you having got up? You, I don't know too much about Carlisle and Stockport, so I haven't really got a judgment there. But just to be different, I'm going to go Carlisle. Okay. And then Sheffield Wednesday, I think after what we've been through, I just want them. I want them in to be promoted now. I think it'd be a bit of an anticlimax to put it back from four 0 down and not go through. Uh, and I, I think I want Luton. You know, I'm still still local to Luton. I'd love to see them go back up and in, into the Premiership. Nice. Uh, for me, it's mine is the same as yours, Dan. So Carlisle, Sheffield Wednesday, and Luton. Yeah. So our relegation picks and our playoff picks are, are the same. They are. Yeah. Just on um, Sheffield Wednesday, um, if they if they did lose, Dan, I'm thinking about what you were saying. So if, imagine if they lost 5-1 on that night. Uh, sorry, they won 5-1 on the night and got knocked out on penalties. It would have been devastating. Do you think as a fan going into the final, if you lose that, will it... I mean, it won't undo all the, all the, the emotions and the if, work that put into that game. But like it, if they go out in a boring 1-0 and they haven't turned up, I just I don't know how as a fan how you handle that. Yeah, yeah. Because then cause losing the player final is like, God, we've got to start the next season from scratch again. Like we've worked so hard this season to get ourselves into that. It's worse than losing the cup final, isn't it? Yeah, because there's yeah. so much work to get into a playoffs. Just thinking, yeah, after a yeah. Four, sorry, Dave, over to, after a ninety minutes like that, do you not think, yeah, it's ours? Yeah, maybe we and should find the, the Sheffield Wednesday fans to come on and speak to. That'd be great. But <laughs> I think from the Championship to Premier League, you know, that's huge. In terms of status, financial reward, yeah, all that sort of thing. So yeah, I'm going with Carlisle, Sheffield Wednesday, and Luton. Okay, so we're going to stick with the championship playoff theme. 
and we're going to focus our, or my attention and ours, to Luton Town. So Luton Town was founded in 1885 uh, as a professional football club based in Luton, Bedfordshire, England. Uh, and obviously the club plays in the championship, uh, second tier of English football. Now, the reason we talk about Luton and we talk about Coventry as well shortly is both of them have been through very hard times recently. So in 2008, Luton Town would dock 30 points for financial irregularities. The Football League found the club had failed to comply with its insolvency rules. This led to a 20-point deduction. The club was also found guilty of misconduct for playing agents via a third party. And that resulted in a further 10-point deduction. So the combined 30-point deduction was the biggest in league football history. And to this day, it remains the biggest uh, points deduction. The club appealed against the decision, but the appeal was thrown out. As a result, Luton Town began the 2008-2009 season on minus 30 points. They were facing a huge challenge to avoid relegation from the Football League for the first time in their history. Uh, the club eventually finished bottom of the league and were relegated to the Conference Premier, now known as the National League. However, they bounced back at the first attempt, winning the Conference Premier title until 2009-2010. Uh, since then, Luton established themselves in League Two and got promoted and then went to the Championship. To put this into context, Luton Town suffered three successive relegations. So 2006-2007, they went from the Championship to League One. 2007-8, League One to League Two. Then 2008-2009, went from League Two the conference, to the Conference Premier. That was the season they got deducted the points. Had they not been deducted points, they would have finished in 15th place and saved. But during the 2008-2009 season, Luton won the FA League trophy, becoming the first team to be be relegated and win the trophy at the same time, which is also quite remarkable. Um, Their fans, known as the Hatters, was Luton's famous or used to be famous for making hats staged a massive protest against the FA and Football League because of the points deduction. Now, there are some downsides, but the the upsides are 2013-14, they were promoted from the Conference Premier to League 2. 2017-18, they went from League 2 to League 1. Then 2018-19, they went from League 1 to the Championship. And obviously now they're going to the playoffs. So from 2013 to... See, 2023, that's 10 years they've almost made the Premier League. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to mention, I'm going to bring up a player called uh, Peli Roddick Mpanzu. So, uh, not 19, in 2013, he joined Luton Town on loan from West Ham. Um, But in January of the same season, he joined permanently. The reason I mentioned Mpanzu, or also known as Peli Roddick, is if Luton are promoted to the Premier League, he will be the first player in English football, to go from the National League to the Premier League in that order at the same club. Wow. Which I think is so... That's massive, isn't it? It's incredible. So we know about Jamie Vardy. He's gone from the non-league to Premier League. He started at Fleetwood Town. This is a player who stayed with one club and potentially will go all the way up through the uh, league system. Is is he a a regular starter for Luton? Yeah, he played in the playoffs. Did he? Okay. he's, He's a good player. Yeah, like it's pretty cool. That, that's another thing then for for my prediction for them. I, I think you want to see that, right? That's another that's another football story. We, we mentioned some unsavoury stuff, but 
there's you know there's always good stories that come out too and that'd be great and i think that's it so he's a i think he's a legend and an idol at, at luton so moving on to coventry so coventry city football club english professional football club based in coventry west midlands uh they're, they're in the championship see along, alongside luton the club was founded in 18 1877 and played at its home ground, the Rico Arena, since 2005. They have since moved stadiums. So here's where the challenges lie for, for Coventry. They went into liquidation in March 2013 as a result of a long-running dispute between the club and the owners of Rico Arena. Uh, it's a company called Arena Coventry Limited, also known as ACL. Nothing to do with uh, injuries. ACL had been demanding a large rent increase from the club which the club could not afford. And the, the dispute led to the club being forced to ground share with Northampton Town for a year. Uh, basically what happened is Coventry City went into liquid, liquidation, which is a major blow to the club and supporters. The club was forced to start the 2013-14 season in League One, the third tier of English football. The club also started with a 10-point deduction. So we've got Luton, who had a 30-point. Coventry got a 10-point deduction. So despite the liquidation, Coventry managed to survive and return to the championship in 2015. And since then, the club's established itself as a mid-table championship club, with the exception of this year, where see, they're now in the playoffs. Um, the liquidation was complex and a controversial event. There are many different factors that contribute to the club's financial problems, but um, the main reason was the, the dispute with ACL. And that contributed to its downfall. So if we look at relegations, so 2011-12, they were relegated from Championship to League 1. 16-17, relegated to League 2. 2017-18, they bounced back to League 1. In 2019-20, they were promoted to the Premier League, uh, uh, sorry, not Premier League, Championship. So they actually had back-to-back promotions, which which is quite remarkable in itself. Um, so I think... If we look at both teams, it's quite remarkable where they've come from and where they've got to. Suffered points deductions going to the, the lower leagues, bringing themselves back, and then fighting for a place in the Premier League. It's going to be really the ultimate showdown. So May 27th, kickoff at 4.45, and find two teams that are fighting from points deduction and financial despair and ruin to hundreds of millions in the Premier League. Oh, we'll be picking this up in our next episode, so watch your space. Hopefully, yeah. Just just going back to Luton and some of the things that you kind of said, you know when they got the 30-point deduction? Now, I'm friends with a few Luton season ticket holders and they've really felt the pain over, over the last few years since college. But in, that, in that year, they got, um, they got deducted 30 points. They only actually officially got relegated about three, four seasons before the, the season finished. So they're really battling to the end um, to, to kind of survive. And, you know, they did pretty well. Um, it's 10 games, isn't it? You've got to win 10 games just to start from scratch. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And I was also at Wembley for that, that league trophy. What did you say? The FA League trophy? But losing yeah, one. the FA trophy. Oh, yeah. yeah, I went to Wembley to watch that. Were you protesting? No, no, a lot of people were protesting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, went, I think they beat Scunthorpe. And I think from memory, I think it was 4-2. I think it was Scunthorpe. 
Yeah, let's go. So, let's go. So, I just want to, you know, just listen, that. listeners, just to, you know, for the next thirty seconds, I'm just going to have a little um, tiff with Dan Strange here. So, Dan, remember we used to have a go at me for supporting loads of teams. You've now just thrown another one into your mix, which you, you admitted <laughs> to. So, I'm I'm not taking that anymore, right? So, I never had a dig. I just said you had a portfolio of teams. I just didn't mention that I had one as well. <laughs> <laughs> So good luck to both teams, but I think more luck to Luton. Yeah, I think my heart's with Luton on this one. I, th- I think I'd like to see them do it. Mine is without question. Yes, uh, is it anyone else got anything to add on the stories at all, or anything I missed off? No, I um, did have something I was going to bring up, but do you know what? I'll probably bring it up next week now. Just just about Luton's ground as well. I know we kind of briefly mentioned it as well, but Luton play at Kenilworth Road, don't they? And their, their ground okay. is politely let's say it's aging and probably not quite fit for premier league so that'll be interesting to see in the premiership next year and what yeah what they, they to need do. to i need to get the stand sorting out i think for media otherwise yeah. i can't make the premier league 10 million pounds yeah. worth of work i think isn't it in the grand scheme of things if they get promoted it's worth it no I'm, yeah. i mean more about how quickly that can happen yes um, yeah. actually then dave before we go on, how long is it going to take me to lose at this quiz this week is it? Is it? Because I've I've got an article here. Tell what if I say what it is. I've, I I picked something up yesterday on the train that says has worked out each club's Premier League club. Sorry, most valuable player. What that value is and the percentage of the squad. Mm. What percentage of the squad is? So do we want to quickly blitz through that now? Let's do the blitz. Okay. For the for the first the the the, the lower half, I'll, I'll I'll just mention the name and and the value, right? So you've got um, Fulham is Mitrovic at twenty million valued. And sorry, I should say this is done by the CIES Football Observatory. I think they're based in Switzerland and they try to look at everything around football and make it sustainable. So yeah, Fulham is Mitrovic at twenty million. Southampton is Alcaraz at twenty million. Bournemouth is Watara. I think that's how you say name it, 20 million. Leicester is Dewsbury Hall at 30 million. Everton is Anana. Leicester, Dewsbury Hall. Yeah, Keenan. I was asking not James Madison. That's really interesting. Oh, yeah. No, no. That, yeah, it's um, Keenan, Dewsbury Hall at 30 million. Um, Everton is Onana at 30 million. Nottingham Forest is Brennan Johnson at 30 million. Brentford is Mbuemo at 30 mil. Leeds is Wilfried Nonto, Nonto at 30 million. Palace is Mark Guahi at 40 million. Apologies for some of this pronunciation. And Wolves is Matthias Nunes at 40 mil. Now we get into the the top 10 and I've done the percentage here just because 10th is Aston Villa and just to please uh, Joey, Lord Joey Fitz. So I'm giving <laughs> the full details for him. So Aston Villa is Jacob Ramsey at 40 million, and that's 13% of the squad value. He's a allegedly. good player, Jacob Ramsey. Yeah. No, really nice midfielder. Yeah. Newcastle is Alexander Isaac, 50 million, and that's 14%. West Ham, although if rumours are to be believed, this will be Arsenal players soon, but West Ham is Declan Rice at 60 million, and that's 15%. And seventh is Tottenham Dan. Or, or Dave, who, but mainly for Dan because he's a fan. Who do you think Tottenham's most valuable player is? That means it's not. It Kane. Feels, like a, feels like a trick question. <laughs> yeah, it does. It? Like it, the <laughs> obvious is Harry Kane. I can't see any other yeah. player 
it's near his value. It's not. And I don't know how this has been worked out. And I am just, this is the thing, I am just double checking it, but they've got it here as, actually, no, do you know what? Dave, you can edit out some uh, some silence, but I've got it here is unbelievably. I'll have a skip. Just, con- just confirming it here. Christian Romero. <sighs> Christian Romero, 60 million. <laughs> I think um, 10%. 10%. Surely Harry Kane's worth more than 60 million. Yeah. So this is, and just to reiterate, we'll so the web- well, the website's statistical model covers 1,229 clubs in 74 leagues across the world and a list offers an estimated value of each player as well as a percentage their value makes up of the total value of the club's other players under contract. So just saying it as it is. So it could be the length of the contract, perhaps. Possibly, possibly, because we know Harry's Chelsea coming. Chelsea will have loads of players there, won't they? High yeah. values. Um, Brighton is Alexis McAllister, 60 million. Man United is Bruno Fernandes, 80 million. Chelsea is Enzo Fernandes, 80 million. Liverpool is Darwin Nunes, 80 million. Second place is Arsenal, Gabriel Martinelli, at 100 million, which is 13%. And City's is the obvious one, Haaland, at 200 million. And it didn't get a percentage of what that was, quite tellingly, I think. So Probably with a value of their squad, it's probably about 2%. It's yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just found that one interesting, just see what, the, the the most valuable player at each club was, but the the Tottenham one really stood out for me. I think. Yeah, well, I think it's wrong. <laughs> I, haven't got any, I haven't got any statistical analysis to prove that's the case, but it, it's just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. Oh, back to you. That's no, all good. Thank you very much. So now we're going to move on to the weekly quiz. Do do do. We're going to do in a penalty shootout style format. Who would like to go first? Um, but you're going to decide who's going to go first, but then I'm going to tell you what the format is. So it's even more sort of close. Do you know what? I'm going first. Okay, cool. Yeah. In this quiz, Dan, we are going to be guessing the player. Oh, no. So what I'm going to do is <laughs> going to step through, <laughs> going to step through what club or clubs a player played for. I'll okay. give you the goals and the, the season they moved or transferred or loaned. And you've got to guess a player. Okay. And that's it, really. I have 20 players in total. But obviously, we'll do five each. My spreadsheet is now randomized. So I've got random numbers. And you've got a choice between one and 20. So away you go. Dan, make sure you make a note of these numbers because it's embarrassing when you say the wrong numbers. I've already taken so I, I've got, hey, I've got a spreadsheet. I will highlight. <laughs> 16. Number 16. Oh, okay. And there is a theme to it as well. Okay, so we're going to start. It's going to be senior career only. We're not going to look at youth. Okay. It makes a big difference for me. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> In 1995-1997, I started my career at Cannes, scoring, uh, making 34 appearances and scoring no goals. In 1997, I transferred to Marseille. Stayed there for three years, scoring, uh, playing 85 games and scoring two goals. 2001, I joined Chelsea. Played 159 games and scored 12 goals. 2006, I joined Arsenal. Playing 101 games and scored 12 goals. 
In 2010, I joined Tottenham Hotspur, playing 61 uh, in yeah 61 games, scoring one goal. Then in 2013, I joined Perth Glory, playing 15 games and scoring one goal. I'm assuming we hand over if, if Dan can't get it. Do we get bonus points on this? No. So if Dan misses, that's it. See, oh. I was going for a different player until the Spurs one, and then that threw me a little bit of stress because I was thinking, is it Spurs? I've got to know it. So I'm going for Gallas. William Gallas? William Gallas. Is the right answer. Well done. <laughs> Dan, you are 1-0 up. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Dan, ask your next. What's your number, please? Um, let's go... Number one. Number one. Let me find it. Okay. Number one. Bear with me. Okay. In 1963, I started my career at Watford, making 48 appearances. In 1964, I joined Tottenham Hotspur making 472 appearances, scoring no goals. I also scored no goals at Watford. Yeah. In 1977, I joined Arsenal. I made 237 appearances, scored no goals. In 1985, I joined Tottenham again, but I made no appearances, scored no goals, obviously. Then in 1986, I joined Everton. No appearances, no goals. I what was the final year? The final year, 1986. He was playing a long time, wasn't he? Um, I, th- I think it's a goalkeeper. But I, I don't know. Je- Jennings? Oh, oh, is the right answer, Pat Jennings? Yes. Oh, dear. <laughs> Great answer, well done, one all. This is a good shootout so far. It's, it's, it's higher scoring than I thought it was going to be already. But <laughs> <laughs> right, Dan, um, be your next. You're up. 17. Number 17. Okay, you're going to like this one. I will guarantee you'll like it. I'm just going to find it. Bear with me. Here we go. In 1981, I started my career at Stuttgart Kickers, scoring six, uh, making eight, 61 appearances and scoring 22 goals. And then he retired. Say that. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> in 1984, I joined VFB Stuttgart, making 156 appearances and scoring 79 goals. In 1989, this is where you should get this, Dan, I joined Inter Milan, making 95 appearances, scoring 34 goals. 1992, I joined Monaco, making 65 appearances, scoring 29 goals. In 1994, I joined Tottenham Hotspur, scoring 20 goals in 41 appearances. I then, in 1995, joined Bayern Munich, scoring 31 goals in 65 appearances. Joined Sampdoria in 1997, eight appearances and two goals. I then rejoined Tottenham Hotspur on loan, making, making 15 appearances, scoring nine goals. And I ended my career in 2003 at Orange County Blue Scar, 
Blue Star even, making eight appearances and scoring five goals. See, I really struggled up until the end Tottenham one because I, as far as I'm aware, there's only been one. And as I support both, I'm going to go for the mighty Jurgen Klinsmann. Is the right answer. There we go. Well done. That, that went across two teams in your portfolio. It, it did. <laughs> if he ends up at Biggles Wage United, I'll be well happy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, number please, Dan. I'll have the same. 17, please. That was... <laughs> <laughs> number four, please. Number four. Okay, number four. Between 2001-2006, I started my career at Arsenal, mm. making one appearance and scoring no goals. But during a during my career at Arsenal, I joined Norwich City in 2004, making 26 appearances and scoring two goals. The following season, I joined Blackburn Rovers, making 14 appearances. In 2006, I joined Blackburn permanently, uh, making 88 appearances and scoring 13 goals. In 2008, I joined Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> I made uh, 42 appearances, scored two goals. But during my spell at Tottenham, I, in 2011, I joined Birmingham City, making 13 appearances. I also joined West Ham in 2011, on loan, making five appearances. 2012-13, I joined FC Rostov, on loan, making seven appearances and scoring no goals. And I ended my career in 2013 at Blackburn Rovers on loan. Five appearances, no goals. Yeah, I know that one. Uh, shall we add that he scored a blinding goal against Arsenal in a, in a four-all draw? You, you can uh, celebrate a draw. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, I'm going to go with the guy that was billed as the next David Beckham, but it's David Bentley. Very good. Two all. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't get that. I didn't get it. Then I gave up. Well, I gave up after you made that noise of of happiness during during it. So I just gave up listening because I thought you were just going to say it there and then. So, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that he went um, to one of the last clubs that you said. I stopped writing it down when I got it. But you said he retired at Blackburn. I didn't know he went to. I Look, you know he scored went now. Number number eighteen, please. <laughs> number eighteen. Okay, here we go. Number eighteen coming up. I started my career at Watford, scoring two goals in 32 appearances. Uh, so that was 1987 to 1989. I then joined Norwich City in 1989, scoring 10 goals in 71 appearances. In 1992, I joined Blackburn Rovers, scoring 25 goals in 246 appearances. In 1999, I joined Tottenham Hotspur, uh, scoring 12 goals in 93 appearances. In 2003, I joined Portsmouth, scoring one goal in 30 appearances. And then I ended my career at Coventry City, making 11 appearances and scoring no goals. So, Watford, Norwich, Tottenham. Where do you say you ended up, sorry? Coventry City. That's a tough one, isn't it? If it's any Hold consolation, and I don't think I know what it is. Hold on. I need the uh, 
need a timer or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> only, only because the Watford. Tim Sherwood. It's the right answer. Tim Sherwood. I guess mainly because of, you know, proper London like Watford, and I'm sure I remember him in the yellow shirt. Yeah, but I, 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 I didn't get the Coventry. I didn't I didn't know he ended up in Coventry. But anyway, your your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight, please. Number eight. Oh, you're gonna love this one. I actually oh. love this one. This would have been game over if he if he didn't. <sighs> I love this one. I'm really excited about reading this one out. Go on then. Okay, in nineteen ninety-two I started my career at Tottenham Hotspur. In two thousand one I joined Arsenal from Tottenham. Oh uh, do we have to carry on? And then, you're gonna say, then he joined Portsmouth and then he came back to <laughs> Arsenal. Go on, sorry, carry on. <laughs> Do, do I'll just do it. Let's answer? get it. Put, put it out the misery. Come on, let's do it. Go on. Give, give me the answer. So Campbell is the right answer. Well done. All right. Well done, Dan. Nineteen. He played one game for Notts County, didn't he? I did. I think he went on to manage them as well. Did he, he, he did, did do a big money deal with Notts County, and then he played one game and then gave up? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, slight sidetrack. Go on, Dan. Nineteen. Number nineteen. Let me just fill in Sol Campbell. So he's... I can't even. I'm not even going to win, and I got the first three right. Okay, number nineteen. Give me a second. My spreadsheet's all acting up. Okay. Between 1983 and 2002, I played for Arsenal making 504 appearances and scoring 32 goals. I ended my career at Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> um, say that again. 1983 at Arsenal. How many? Nin- 1980s, uh, 1983 to 2002, played for Arsenal, making 504 appearances and scoring 32 goals. 32 goals in that in 532. 504 appearances. And it was 1983 to 2002. Yep. So that's what? That's uh, seven, that's 19, 19 years. 32 goals isn't a lot. So you're looking at defender or midfielder, really, aren't you? Oh, I don't know. This is where. Ah, oh, damn it. I'm going to get this wrong. So let's just go for it. Let's say uh, Tony Adams. Is the right answer. Is it the right answer? Mr. <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> I, thought, I, I thought, maybe I was wrong, I thought Adams went and played at Portsmouth for a little while, but maybe maybe I got that completely wrong. No, he, he no, didn't. He manage, didn't, because I got it right. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> so, Daniel, you're currently 4 3 up. Yeah, but he's. he's Point he's taken one. Yeah, he's taken one more. Yeah, number so, 10, pr- please. The pressure is on you. Yeah. Number 10. Okay. Oh, I like this one as well. Oh, God, that means it's on the red side. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, between 1993 and 1998, I played for Mets. 
making 162 appearances, scoring 43 goals. I joined Marseille in 1998, making 66 appearances, scoring 8 goals. I, in 2000, I joined Arsenal, uh, making 189 appearances and scoring 62 goals. In 2006, I joined Villarreal, scoring 13 goals in 103 appearances. In 2010, I joined Aston Villa, making 9 appearances, scoring no goals. And in 2014-15, I ended my career at FC Goa, making 8 appearances and scoring 1 goal. You know, I had absolutely no idea until you said Aston Villa. And I was actually going to guess at Reyes, um, but now you said Villa, I'm going to go with Perez. It is Robert Perez. Yeah. He did say Reyes first, though. No, but I did yeah. explain I was going to say that until <laughs> he said I, I don't know, that felt like an answer to me, but... Mm, I'm taking Perez. It wasn't. Thank you, Dave, Thank for your you common sense. <laughs> right, 20. <laughs> Number so, 20. Now, Dan. Hold on, I need to get another bit of paper. Right now, here we go. Right, 20. Okay, number 20. Here we go. In 2013, I started playing for Tr- uh, Stroms. God, this is a hard one to pronounce. Stroms got set three, making 11 appearances and scoring four goals. Dan should get it from that, really. <laughs> uh, 2013, I joined Stroms got set two, making five appearances, scoring one goal. 2014, I joined Stroms got set one, <laughs> making 23 appearances and scoring five goals. In 2015, I joined Real Madrid uh, for the Real Madrid Castilla team, which is their B team, making 58 appearances, scoring five goals. During my time at Real Madrid, I played for Heronveen on loan, making 38 appearances, scoring two goals. Also played for Vitesse, making 31 appearances, scoring eight goals. I joined Real Sociedad on loan, making 31 appearances, scoring four goals. I then joined Arsenal on loan, making 14 appearances, scoring one goal. And my current club is Arsenal, where I played 70 games and scoring 22 goals. Started in 2013. Oh! Stroms, I'm going to guess that's... Is that Dane? Danish? It, well, I, I can only think of one. It, uh, Erdegaard. It is Martin Erdegaard, yeah. I think he joined Brown Madrid at 15 or something. I had, I had no clue at all of that. The only thing is 2013 is a young player and I'm assuming that was... Yeah, anyway, I got it right, so I don't need to justify it. So, 5-4 up. Very, very good. Let's go number 13. Number 13, unlucky for some, but probably not for you. Here we go. We call this a draw then. So we're going to have a sudden death one as well. Okay. Okay, between 1985 and 1998, I scored 21 goals in 92 appearances for Newcastle United. In 1988, I joined Tottenham Hotspur. 
I scored 19 goals and uh, in 92 appearances. I thought 18 goals, did you say? 19, 19 goals. 19 goals. I, I don't yeah. matter too much. Yeah. In 1992, I joined Lazio from Tottenham. Scoring six goals in 43 appearances. Just say, just, me... just cut the answer. Just go down. Give me the answer. Uh, it's Paul Gascoigne. It is Paul Gascoigne. Which brings me to sudden death. Do you know what? Before we go into sudden death, when you announced the rules to this game, I honestly thought it was going to be like nil-nil or, or one-all okay. or something like really low numbers. So the fact we got five out of five, I think that's... I think it's helped for the theme. I think the theme has helped us out greatly. <laughs> Yeah. I think so as well. Yeah. I think so as well. So, this can be sudden death. So, the person... Sorry, I just who... want to say, sorry, for my last one, when you, when I said I'm going to get another bit of paper, I wrote 2013, and as soon as you started saying Stroms 1, Stroms 2, I stopped writing, so I didn't need that. <laughs> so, this is the, the last one. This is sudden death. So, the first person to say the name of the player correctly wins. And do we have to wait to the end? Do we, can we just... No, no, no. So, I'm as I'm going Dan. through it... I'm going to mute Dan. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. Yes. Okay, between 1992 and 1995, I played for Luton Town, scoring 11 goals in 54 appearances. In 1995, I joined Arsenal, scoring 14 goals in 53 appearances. In 1990... Is the right answer... Well done, well done. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason I brought up John Hartson is because John Hartson played for both Luton and Coventry as well. He did, yeah. I didn't let you get that far, sorry. Didn't let that far. So, <laughs> congratulations. Should have got it. I should have got it on the I should have got it on yeah, as soon as you said Luton Arsenal. That was yeah. Anyway, well done, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Cheers, 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 cheers Dave. That's a good one. I like that. That's a good one. That's nice. It was really well done. I've, I had loads of players, but ironically, you chose all the uh, Tottenham ones, which was, which was yeah. genuinely random. Yeah, I would have struggled like with some of the lesser-known Arsenal players. I assume you did Tottenham or Arsenal players at some point, but yes, and, and there was those who played for both. Yeah, as well. But yeah, thank thank you both very much. Uh, before we go, do you, do you want to say anything or make any announcements, advertisements, all that sort of stuff? No, can I, can I plug casting views? Go for it. You just did, but go on. There you go. <laughs> did you want to give an announcement for an advert for casting views, Dan? Yeah, so my other pod is casting views, general topic podcast, where I try to have a bit of fun. Our episode, we've got a crossover coming up. That goes out um, this, this Sunday, So because this episode's out tomorrow. So yeah, check out where I think we have a little bit of fun with trying to change rules of football. So yeah, check it check it out. Yeah, thank, thanks for that. I'd also add that my rules were brilliant, and they should be introduced. And my rules broke the game, but that's pretty much uh, <laughs> part of the course, I think. So yeah. And if you could uh, share, subscribe, download, download us our episodes on any podcasting platform, that'd be great. You can find us on Twitter at Just Football Pod. So please subscribe, uh, follow us, have a listen, and share with anyone and everyone. Thank you all.
Thanks for listening to the Just Football podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please share with your friends and family. You can subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Twitter at Just Football Pod for the latest news and updates. See you next time.